this from my house. A new church was planted in my community and it's called the Potter's House. You know, my, my cousin attended the first week and then she told me about heaven and hell and, and where I'd go if I didn't repent. So this challenged me in my heart. I decided to attend with, with no intention to actually stay, but I heard the full gospel and came to a crossroad in my life. Now I made a decision and told the pastor that I was actually fine with going to hell. And his reply was, that, well, that's fine, but make sure you come to our next event. I was like, hey. Anyway, although he'll tell you, though, that it was his cooking that actually brought me back. You know, it was a Tony Huang testimony night from Gangs to Salvation. I ended up going to thinking it was just to please the pastor. When I heard the testimony, I tried to ignore this conviction that was inside of me. I refused to bow my head at the altar call. You know, I already thought this Christian stuff was a bit weird, and now people are bowing their head at, at the end of the service. But for some reason, I ended up at the front of the altar call. And I invited Jesus into my heart. And at that moment, I felt this light just rush from the top of me all the way down. I can't explain it. I just knew that God was real from this. You know, the, my pastor, Pastor Dax, who um, Pastor Bobby was speaking about, he took the time to disciple me and tell me about Jesus and eternity and heaven and hell. And he spent a lot of time and invested in me. And I can stand before anyone and tell them that God is so real. And I have the pleasure and honor of knowing him from my own experiences. I've been completely set free from addiction, from the sin of homosexuality that I claim is my identity. You know, I remember once I surrendered, I, I had a drawer of a cigarette. I was smoking since 11 or 12 years old, and I was, it was smoking for like seven years at this point. I had a drawer of a cigarette, and it was so disgusting that I just quit just like that. I had no more need for it. You know, I had no more desire for Valium. I had a headache one time, and I took one Panadol. You know, this, and it actually worked. You know, I used to have to take like a handful of the, of the pills just to, just to make the same effect. You know, I remember I walked into church one, sun, one Sunday and I saw this girl just standing doing praise and worship. And just seeing her worship God was an attractive quality to me, a homosexual. I literally had to walk out of the church and, and wait a minute, like what just happened, you know? If I could go into our text, you know, after, after telling you this testimony, you know, I, I know that I have a purpose now and, and I'm serving as an usher. I don't know how to be quiet about Jesus. You know, I felt I just got in trouble actually a while back at work for preaching. I'm 20 years old now. I never thought that I actually reached this point at all. And it's all because of Jesus. If we could go back to our text. So um, Peter actually in, instructs us to work at our salvation. Going from 2 Peter verse 1. You know, not gaining it, of course, because we've already obtained it through the Jesus Christ through Jesus Christ, as Ephesians 2 verse 8 and says, 8 verse 9 says, 2 and 8 verse 9 says, however, to work on what we have already been given. 2 Peter 1 verse 1, if I'll read along with you, it says, Simon Peter, a bond servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have attained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of God, our Savior, Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord as His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, to the knowledge of Him who has called to us by glory and virtue, by which we have been given us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. 
For if these things are yours and abound, you'll neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make to your call an election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, my first point of the sermon is that effort is required. You know, I first started attending Potter's house. I didn't take it seriously and often just skip a service or five. But my pastor or cousins would often walk down the street and get me out of bed to come to church. You know, church, keep in mind, church was 100 meters from my house. I could literally see it when I walked out the door. I didn't even make that effort to go down there, but they would come to me. I could tell you if they did not put in that effort on my behalf, I would most likely be in prison for some stupid reason or still taking my mother's prescription drugs. The fact is, though, in life, many things take effort. Your life needs effort, whether it be from going to school to going to work, from being single to being married. Even if you want to collect the doll, you need to put some effort into this endeavor. You know, at times when I've been out of work, I'd go to Centrelink and find it so much effort just to wait in line to go through the process that, I, that by the time I actually started working i'd get my first payment a month later and think you know what is this you know dave is a guy from our church sorry dave i didn't ask you but you're a guy from our church and um he's a builder who takes on apprentices you know if someone wants to take wants to be an apprentice they need to find a job and someone willing to take them on you need to do what the boss wants you to do you need to invest in your tools you need to learn to to advance yourself and you need to be willing to mold yourself and this is the same for any job I remember once I had an interview with pastor and I got through the multiple stages with the attitude, you know, God's got this. And when it came time for the interview, they asked me to study cultural awareness. I remember thinking, nah, I live in Logan and I go to Potter's house. I'm pretty culturally aware. I put no effort in. But then when I was asked with the indigenous flag, I remember thinking, oh, I should have studied this. I remember my answer was like, you know, the grass and the the sky and the people or something regarding the colors. And apart from getting the answer completely wrong, I didn't even get the, I didn't even get the position. Um, I'm going to say it's because of the cultural awareness. You know, there's an old saying that all good things come to those who wait. But this is false. You know, all good things come to those who put effort in. You know, in Romans 8 verse 28, it says, All things work together for those who love God. We know that part, but the next part says, To those who are called according to His purpose. It implies effort. You know, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Alan Iverson, Larry Bird. It all took these men many years to produce. Imagine how good it would be to watch a game of basketball and then the next day win the award for the MVP. Without saying something, without doing something, there is something lacking. And it's the same with effort. Without effort, nothing seems to happen. Without effort, these men's skill wouldn't grow. You know, in our text, in verse 3, it says that we have a beautiful gift of salvation, but we need to add to this. If I could read it along, it says, As His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. But for this very reason, giving to all diligence, add to your faith. You know, in reality, I was living a miserable life with no purpose that I could see for myself. But God called me to this church. 
How many know that God places us all in the church? You know, I got saved on several occasions, believe me. The amount of times I was at, altar, at the altar, I tried to backslide. But my life was just filled with conviction, conviction. You know, I met a man named Matthew in Perth. And um, he told me his story one time that um, he tried to backslide. He grew up in church and he tried to backslide. So he went to a club and he, he, he didn't know what to do. So he just stood in the corner tapping his feet. And for 10 months straight, he just ended up going home and watching Netflix. He was too convicted to do anything. You know, even backsliding takes effort. You know, I was a man in a bad situation, coupled with my own bad choices, ending up in a perverse lifestyle, in and out of juvenile detention in the watch house. I was, in reality, I was on my way to becoming another statistic trapped in the judicial system. My whole lifestyle was daily binge drinking, smoking weed, stealing prescription medication, as well as experimenting with ice. Drugs were my escape from reality. You know, drugs would have been were what I filled my life with. But, you know, we can all fill our lives with different things, with friends, with family, with work, with fun. And without all of this, without Jesus Christ, it will leave us empty. Life without Jesus will leave you empty. You know, it takes effort, though, also to stand up for, to ourselves. We can be our worst enemy. You know, when the church was planted at Eagleby, my cousin invited me and I started coming. You know, my testimony says, I never actually wanted to stay, but I heard the gospel. You know, when we told the full gospel, it stirs something in our hearts. And, it's, and that's exactly what it did to me. If I could re-go back to my testimony, it says, I came to a decision and told Pastor Dax that I was fine with going to hell. But he didn't give up on me and he persisted to get me to church. And that took him effort. I went to Tony Huang's testimony night and think it was just to please the pastor. And that took some effort. I remember when I heard, when I got convicted and, and he did this altar call, I refused to bow my head, but somehow I ended up at the front. And that took effort. I knew that God was real because of that effort that I placed. You know, Pastor Dax took the time to disciple me, which, as you say, took effort. You know, he told me about Jesus and heaven and hell and eternity. And he spent a lot of time invested in me. The amount of times I let that man down, it definitely took him a lot of effort. And I can stand before all and tell them that God is so real and I have the pleasure and honor of knowing Him. You know, I've been completely set free from addiction, from this sin that I call my identity of homosexuality. And I have a purpose because I know that my life belongs to God. But I'm going to admit to you that this was no easy road. I had to accept Jesus into my life. I had to admit that what I was doing was wrong, that my sin was wrong. And I had to, but what really helped me go through this was the fact that I realized I needed to forgive, forgiveness that I have been given. You know, I needed to forgive my mother and my father and my, my unsaved friends. You know, I, I, almost needed to, I also needed to forgive myself. You know, Peter asked the question, Lord, how often should I forgive? You know, this is the same guy that asked Jesus, what's in it for me? That selfish fellow that you read about in Matthew 19 verse 27. It says, then Peter answered and said to him, See, we have left all and followed you. Therefore, what shall we have? Peter found it difficult to see past the here and now. Many of us do the same. And to be honest, I can't judge him because I did the same when I first came. I was okay with going to hell because I couldn't see past the here and now. I wasn't willing to change because I liked my sin that much. Now, how many of us know that even as Christians, we can still do this at times with unsurrendered things? You know, it brings me to my second point, though, which is the place of effort. Secondly, I want to look at the place of effort. 
you know, at my job now, we, we pull apart machinery to clean it. And if we miss a step in the process, it's going to make it harder to take apart the rest of the machine. If effort is misplaced, the rest of the process is going to be harder later on. We have computers, calculators, washing machines, and cars, all designed to make life easier. I don't actually have my phone on me now, but um, if I could, if I could, if you knew me, you'd know my phone. It's 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 like a Nokia type of thing. We have all these things that accommodate to these to us putting in as little effort as possible. The fact that people see see my phone, this little Nokia thing, they're like, "You're weird." You know, I pull out my phone, and I remember this this little girl. She um pulled this little girl from the church. She grabbed my phone. She started swiping the screen, and she she then told me I was broken and threw it back to me. The world around us is dedicated to making things more easier and more accessible. This is just a code for less effort. In our text, Peter gives us some constructive criticism to a spirit-filled life. He says, A, you are called. In verse 3, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. You, know, you have been called. God has called you into his kingdom. You know, I went to Logan Lee High School for a bit, which is here in Logan. I remember I was stoned with my friends at the corner store near my school, across the road from the train station. And this group of guys came up to us and started telling us about, about Jesus. I didn't know about this. And, and one of my friends went up to him and said this prayer. And he got saved. And I remember, like, none of us knew what to say, but I felt this overwhelming guilt in me. I didn't know that, that it was conviction at the time, but, I, but it was just telling me, like, I should have done that prayer. I should have said that prayer. You know, God called me into salvation. I know that from that experience. And he did the same with you. See, Peter makes it very, very clear that we are here in this place because we are called. But you need to make the effort. You know, it just doesn't stop there. In verse 5 it says, But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if these things you are yours and abound, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. There is an effort to be made, there are choices to be made. You know, I made some right choices. I, and I, I could have said, you know, this is too much. How, how long more does this go for? I should have said it's not worth it. When I first got saved, I decided to tell everyone I could about what happened. So I wrote a sermon. And I wrote a sermon. I went to tell my classmates about Jesus. So I got up in front of the class and started preaching. And my teacher kicked me out of the class. And I got heated and started rebuking her for claiming to be a Christian. I was a new convert. I didn't know about um, lukewarm Christians or anything. I was expelled from school, and for, I was expelled from school for this. However, my cousin and I went down to the Eagleby shops and continued outreaching and preaching. And the store manager actually got a hold of one of the cards and contacted Pastor Dax. And long story short, Pastor Dax then secured the the building, our previous building, the Eagleby Shopping Center. You know, I was so excited that I could share about this Jesus guy that I just met. You know, though there were consequences, I got expelled from school, which was the last thing. You know, but God used that moment to grow His church. And it takes effort to grow in the things of God. It takes effort to make a stand. You know, we can't be short-sighted though. 
in verse 9, it says, For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. To do nothing and to grow is short-sighted. You know, we can say, I like me the way that I am. You know, I'll, you will change either way, though. You could, you could want to sit where you are. But in reality, you're either going to go stronger or weaker in the, in the things of God. You know, you, you can eat and you don't exercise, you become fat. You, you grow old without exercise, you become flabby. You know, you will change. Peter says, why not grow in the things of God? We're going to change regardless, so why not press forward? You know, which brings me to my third point, which is the firm, the firm foot. You know, in verse 10 it says, Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So how do we make this effort, you ask? You know, we, we need encouragement to make the effort in the kingdom of God. You know, I told you that story about when I was preaching at school. But I didn't tell you that I remember I told my cousin I wanted to share about God. And the whole way through, she was there encouraging me. But without encouragement, that fire would have died down. You know, secondly, we need to become accountable. We need to be a disciple and have someone to, that you're allowed to speak into your life. And you can go to advice for things to grow. Elisha had Elijah and Timothy had Paul. We need to be discipled in order to, to keep ourselves accountable. You know, the thirdly is, is be honest with yourself. You know, we're the greatest liar to ourselves. I did a quick, a, a quick search on Google and told me that we lie to ourselves more than anyone else. And you'd, be, and you'd be lying if you said that's not a lot. You know, the fourthly it says, which brings me to the most importantly thing, is to pray and ask God to help you to make that effort. If we look at, at the book of Acts, the disciples were commanded to, by God to wait for the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, we can't do anything. So we need God's help to make this effort. You know, fifthly, is to record your answers to your prayers. Persist until you get the answer. Just as Jesus spoke, just to persist and persist to call on to God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Record your testimonies and share them with others and persist until you get that answer from God. Whatever happens, though, there's going to have to be some kind of effort. In our text, the Word of God says, if we put in the effort, we will come out stronger and grow in the things of God. So I want to ask you tonight, you know, are you willing to change? Or are you willing to put the effort in? You know, if we could just end, end this sermon here, I want to do um, a quick altar call, you know. So before I was saved, I was constantly looking for an escape in drugs and alcohol and sex. I constantly look for approval for myself, but I could never find happiness until I met Jesus. You know, you could be here tonight, you could be watching tonight, and, and you're thinking, you know, I'm, I'm going through a storm. We may not have the same testimony, but you could be going through something. And I can tell you right now, you're not going to find the answer until you find Jesus. My sermon here is about effort. You know, it could have, it could have spoke to you tonight, but without Jesus as that foundation, there's no point putting that effort in. You just turn into fall into a cycle. And I tried it, and it leads to nothing. You know, I want to encourage you tonight. If you're not saved, if you don't know Jesus Christ, I encourage you. There's one quick thing that you could do. You know, it's to say this prayer and repent for your sins and turn from your ways. 
It could be the greatest choice that you ever made, but you need to put that effort in to say that prayer. You know, if we could call my pastor up just to just keep going, you know. I encourage you, just press into God. And um, Yeah, here's Pastor Bobby. <laughs> Brother Amy, thank you so much. Uh, what, a, what a great job that he did tonight, you know what, sharing his story, his testimony. And uh, if you have any questions, you know what, please message us through. Um, Brother Hemi will be definitely sure to answer them. But let's seal up in a word of prayer. But maybe you're watching tonight and you, you want to actually pray this prayer. You want to get saved. Uh, if that's you tonight, won't you pray this prayer and say, Lord Jesus, I thank you that you died for me. I thank you that you love me. I'm asking that you come into my heart and forgive me of my sins. Lord Jesus, I repent from all my sins and I turn to you. I thank you for the blood that washes me clean and makes me a new creation. I give you my life and I make you the Lord and my Savior.